Welcome to Inside Voices, a brand new teacher podcast made by teachers for teachers. We aim to discuss all things education. We're going to talk about classroom tips all the way to current hot topics. I'm your host, David. And I'm Laura. Remember, in here, we use our Inside Voices. So our first topic is going to be technology and education. Yeah. And we think it's such a hot topic at the moment. Uh, there would be a good first podcast topic. So for you, how has technology changed your practice in the last five years? I think when we started teaching, it was still import- an important part of what we were doing. But I think now it's so much more integrated into our everyday sort of learning and everyday classroom management. I think... People sometimes think technology, you can just use it for enhancing learning experiences, but actually it can enhance your time management. It can enhance the classroom experience in general, the way the classroom runs. You know, things are so much more streamlined when you can use bits of technology to enhance your experiences here and there. So, for example, having like QR codes for websites that are, for some reason, a mile long. You can't get some a student or seven-year-olds to type that in because there's letters here numbers there everywhere so a simple thing like a qr code which let's be real wasn't really a thing when we started teaching qr codes where in yeah no they kind of came back in covid didn't yeah they, they, they kind of made a comeback they for did. some reason they weren't really used but then we took that and we said yeah i'm gonna put them up around the room and that way you're not asked or interrupted multiple times to ask how you get onto a website because they can just yeah. go over and get on it themselves and i think for me, the best thing about technology in practice is, you've kind of hinted to it there a little bit, is your uh, time. So for teachers, like time is currency. And for me, like I don't know about you, but for me, if anything can like save me some time, yeah, technology <laughs> is probably the one thing that's going to do that. For other teachers, it's not great because they didn't maybe start with technology in their practice so they're learning all these things but we've like grown up with all that stuff and it just makes things so much quicker um so this is kind of like a preference thing what is your what would be your like favorite piece of technology that you use in class so in terms of devices yeah or in terms of like, i would say like resources so it doesn't have to be like digital technology it could Anything? be like a resource okay Hmm. I honestly think, though, I'm going to go really bog standard answer with this one because we've obviously we've worked with the iPads, we've worked with the laptops, we've kind of seen the laptops be pushed to the pushed side. To the side. Yep. We've worked through that and the Chromebooks came to us after COVID, sort of during COVID. I find so many children now don't know how to touch type because it's been screens mm-hmm. and you, you kind of touched on it as well when you said we were sort of brought up with technology but the technology we were brought up with was going home and open up your laptop so we can type really quickly and we can type you know we used to pride ourselves on like closing our eyes and being able to type without looking and all those challenges you used to do whereas now you ask someone to type and they just go yeah. with, with their because that's what they're used to it's, it's all ipads and screens right so a chromebook gives you the features of all the touchscreen things that you need. So you can use it for digital art, you can use it for handwriting, you can use it for scanning the QR codes because the camera's pretty good. You can use it for everything that an iPad or other touchscreen device is going to do. But then you also have the ability to teach touch typing. And I think it's it's something that is still a skill that needs to be taught. I take for granted that I just knew how to do it. Yeah. But you forget that people don't know how to do that. Students don't know how to do that. So I, I know it's a very bog standard answer, but I would say that that one piece I wish we had for everyone because they're yeah. just they're my favorite what about you 
for me, it's a little bit different. So we've got these things in school called Lego We Do, and they're like kits of Lego, right? And they basically come with coding kits as well. They are a bit expensive, but I, I don't know how we got them anyway. They were there when we got there. And you get this kit, and it's got all these different Lego pieces in it, and it's got an app as well, and then you can build a model or something and then you can code it to do different things so it's like all your stem stuff rolled into one which is amazing and there's a couple of things like that out there you were on a course recently for another one yes yeah, so um, it was a very similar one it was a vexco robotics right or vex robotics and we were using the the kits the vexco kits yeah very similar it's not lego pieces but it's little like beams and gears and wheels all those things but the difference with that one is you don't need to necessarily use the app to code yeah so you could kind of make coding a separate part of the lesson. They can get used to the build first and they can make a kind of motor switch that locks in place so their devices or their builds still move. But then coding can come later, which uh-huh. I think is quite good because it separates the two skills because they are very different. You know, one's focusing on the engineering and the problem solving. And then if you add coding to that, sometimes it can be a bit challenging, for especially for younger ones. So this, the Vex Robotics is very similar, but... It's they love it. It's so well, engaging. This is the thing. I like I can't believe how much the kids are interested in this kind of thing. So our students go wild anytime I put <laughs> yeah. them out for them because they're just so interested in building the Lego and then they're so interested in coding as well. So I would say I use that apart from your laptops, your iPads, your Chromebooks, Google, the internet, all that stuff, yeah, I use all the time. But that is the one thing that I think has changed my practice because I wasn't really into interested no. in coding I didn't know how to do it I didn't do computing at school but that's made it so accessible for them and I remember we were talking uh, recently about school when we were young and how different it was from what it is now and how we could like never be a teacher yeah. <laughs> like 20 years ago wheeling the tv out <laughs> yeah so like you wheel the tv out and you get you know a video at the end of the day on Friday or something it was just like the treat of the week but now like, everything is digital so I was actually clocking up in my head, like how many things that I use that are digital that didn't exist 10, 15 years ago. So I was thinking like my smart board, everything's on my laptop. I've got my morning slides. I've got basically everything I need to teach is on that smart board. I've got all my games. I've got my YouTube videos. I've got everything really that didn't exist 10 years ago, 15 years ago. When I was in primary seven, that's when we got our first smart board. <laughs> I actually remember it being installed. I remember like the overhead projector had like a big boom almost. You had to calibrate teacher, it. You had to calibrate, you had to touch all the corners and the teacher like hated it and he kept like bumping his head off it and stuff. It was just a total nightmare and it never really worked properly but we were obsessed with that thing and we never really got to engage with technology in the way that children do now. And it's so good for higher order thinking skills as well. If you think about everything they're doing in a design process all the way through to coding, you're hitting every aspect of the higher order thinking skills with it. Yeah. But I mean, we've spoken a lot about the technologies that we use with the students and with the children, but in terms of a technology piece that enhances your experience and improves your practice, what are you going to go for? What's your favourite? Okay, current hot topic, current piece of technology that I think every teacher should be getting on board with it has to be artificial intelligence like AI has completely changed the game for me it's definitely a hot topic right now that's a a hot take so I think (laughs) there's been like big technological advances in the last 50 years that have changed teaching 
I've changed the world, really. You can think of like even the typewriter coming in and then you get into computers and word processing. And then you move on to like the internet, iPads, touchscreen, the whole thing. That changed everything slightly. I think the internet was probably the biggest one that changed uh, most things. But like artificial intelligence is going to change it. Like I'm so excited for how, I'm quite excited for how it's going to change things for teachers and for students. It's like the chat GPT revolution. It sort of started off everything and I agree with you I think it's a good a lot of the skill in teaching and a lot of the difficulty in teaching I think comes from time management as well because you spend the majority of your working day doing your job in front of the students and then you have to be able to plan and prep and go to the meetings and you know do all the paperwork you need to do in the hours after or before that time and it goes so quickly like when you come in in the morning you are you have an hour, maybe an hour and a half, depending on when you get in, to get yourself organized, get things prepared. So if you can save yourself some time using artificial intelligence, you know, I don't need to type every word into my slides to know what I'm teaching. You know, CuriePod, for example, is a great one, I think, to be using because I can go in and I can type in okay, we're learning about nouns. So I can type in nouns and I can set my grade level or my level that I'm working with. And I can, st- I would still go through the slides and edit them. I'm not going to, artificial intelligence is never going to be 100% reliable. I don't think. You can't mimic human qualities. You can get pretty close, but it's not going to be 100% reliable. You know, we might need to change some parts to suit the needs of our classroom. But that overall has saved me 30, 40 minutes from making up my own slides and typing them. And CuriePod is so good because they can play along with you as well. So if you haven't used CuriePod, it's an artificial intelligence that designs your slides for you. And it's kind of, say, kind of like Kahoot as well, sort of a cross between them. Um, so the students can scan a QR code on a device and then they can play along with you. So there's slides that are just information and then there's slides that might be a quiz or it might be a poll option or it might be like a, there's word clouds and things as well. Isn't yeah, there? there's like fast finishers and stuff like yeah. that on it as well. And it can design everything from like projects, brain breaks, mm-hmm. whole lesson plans. There's so much on there and it's all things we would be doing anyway. So yeah. they generate the information and as long as you go in and check it, it is so good. So you kind of touched on something interesting there, teacher time management and that is a big thing in teaching at the moment because there's so many things being piled excuse me there's so many things being piled on teachers at the moment there's more paperwork you're doing a lot more in terms of the children's social lives um you've got more meetings and things like that so teachers time is being squeezed from every angle i think and if artificial intelligence can come in and help us with that i think we should be jumping on board there's obviously dangers there's obviously things and we've spoken about this before, there's obviously risks involved with every new technology, every new technology. But I think it's going to be something that really helps teachers in the near future. So is there any disadvantages to using machine learning, artificial intelligence? Do you think there's like one main disadvantage? I think it has to be very thoughtfully used in a classroom environment, in any environment. So for it needs to enhance experiences and not just replace them because there are things that aren't, you don't want to just stick an iPad or Chromebook down in front of them or here, use this app when it's not actually going to make the learning experience any better. It's going to be, you know, if you can get outside and do a learning experience, that's maybe going to be more useful or beneficial than doing it with technology. You know, for example, go outside if it's a nice day, you can 
do your number lines in chalk. You don't need to do that on a Chromebook. You don't need to have an app for that. And I think every learner is different as well. You've got to tap into what they find engaging and what they want to do. So you'll have learners who, yes, will be far more engaged on a device, whereas if you put a worksheet out or say we're going outside, they're not going to want to do it, whereas technology can kind of pique their interests a wee bit. But I think you have to really be focused on where it's going to enhance and where it's just being put in because, oh, we need to use technology, so we need to throw this app in or we need to use this, we need to put them down in front of these Chromebooks. You have to actually think about what the aim is you're trying to achieve and whether or not it is going to be beneficial for time management or engagement or enhancement of their learning experience rather than just we need to use tech so we'll just put it down you know is it going to actually make things better yeah i totally agree we are so keen to get technology out in front of children and to use it in the classroom and i think one of the main disadvantages of that is reliability on technology rather than just using it to enhance your learning, as you said. So, for example, if you go on a website, I was on one the other day and I was trying to teach French through this website and it's such a good website. Like, it really is such a good website and it has good games on it and I used it before and it froze. Like, it just froze. It was one of those days where everything was going wrong and that technology ruined the learning experience for the children in that moment because the website completely froze on all devices. It just wouldn't work and we just had to kind of throw out the idea and do something different. So I think you're right. The disadvantage of technology generally is just if it works, it's great. If it doesn't, it really hinders learning and you have to be smart to that. One of the disadvantages for AI for me, having used it, and I think I personally quite used, used it quite a bit compared to other teachers. Um, when it started coming out, I was right in there wanting to use it because I saw the opportunities. But I think one of the difficulties is laziness yeah i don't know if you agree maybe it's just me maybe it's just my personality i'm not sure <laughs> maybe Shortcuts. i just like look for the shortcut or look for the easy option every time but like that laziness in the back of my head kicks in sometimes so if i can go on in the morning type in one prompt and get 12 slides there's just something about that in me that goes yeah that sounds quite appealing so i think the danger for me and probably for a lot of teachers and management out there and kind of senior leaders is okay use this tool but use it sparingly mm -hmm. like we have to advance with these technologies and we have to teach the children about them 100 percent, and we have to use them to our benefit but there's that danger that you're going to like rely on it rather than relying on your professionalism and your skill. Yeah. I think as a teacher, and you can maybe talk to this because you're kind of interested in more of the social emotional uh, level of teaching. I think as a teacher, there are so many layers that you can provide to a child that artificial intelligence will never provide. Yeah. That a machine could never provide. Yeah. Because one of the questions at the moment is, okay, why should teachers be allowed to use it? And students can't. So a lot of high school students are like, I don't know if you see this on TikTok and Instagram and stuff, but a lot of high school students will comment on my TikTok and be like, this is so unfair that you're using artificial intelligence. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Like, I can't believe you're using this and we're not allowed to. Like, We get pulled up for our essays and blah, blah, blah. And I think there's a kind of deeper message behind that in that teachers need to know the content and everything. Yeah. I don't think you should be using it to learn a skill, though. So no, you're right. if you are, for example, even a student teacher and you're learning how to formulate a lesson plan, how to formulate good questions, how to formulate good structure, you probably shouldn't be using AI to do that because it's not actually going to help you. You know, the same as you wouldn't want 
a student to write an essay using AI because it's not actually their information. They're not learning anything about analysing. They're just typing in a question prompt. And then also, how do you know it's right? Because if you don't understand the concept yourself, you can't check it. Whereas you could argue that if a teacher's using it, we said earlier, you have to go through and check it. So I'm still using my skills and I'm still using what I know about good quality, higher order thinking questioning. I'm still using my knowledge on good structure in a lesson of what the lesson needs to contain, but in a different way because I'm checking it rather than typing it all out myself. So I wouldn't use it if I was learning something new. So like I'm doing my master's right now. I'm not going to go on and type into artificial intelligence, give me the answer to this essay question and send it because it's not teaching me anything. Exactly. So So there's a bit more responsibility on you then as well as a learner. I mean, if I was teaching high school, would I be sitting here in the same position being like, (laughs) yeah, it's a great idea. Probably not. But the age I teach, they're not, they don't write essays and they're not going to be on getting artificial intelligence to do their homework for them or do their work for them. So I'm not concerned. But if I was teaching university or high school students, I would totally see where people are coming from when they say, you know, it should be banned. So, for example, like authorities would ban um, ChatGPT and their authority, so you can't get on it on like yeah. authority Wi-Fi, which I totally get because if you are in that setting where the students are old enough to be on there and and you know using it, yeah, you'd be slightly concerned. It's hard to tell if they're using it or not as well. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, the laziness is a big one for me. And obviously students using it um, inappropriately is a big one for me as well. But I think there's so many benefits um, to it. Before we talk about the benefits, what do you think are the social and emotional sides of teaching that we can provide that artificial intelligence is never going to provide? So a lot of people are worried, like, are robots going to steal our jobs? (laughs) You're just going to have a robot teacher? Are teachers going to be replaced by robots? No. And I don't think the answer is yes. I think there's such a level that teachers can provide for students I think it's different than machines. Yeah, what do you think? Absolutely. And one of the hardest things I think about teaching as well, aside from time management, is if you're having a rotten day, you're not, you're not having a good week, you're not feeling great, you go in there and you are basically performing for six yeah. hours. You and know, you are the Oscar. Exactly. <laughs> it's basically a Broadway show at this point. And... That's really difficult, whereas if you put a robot in front of someone, you don't get any of that emotion. You would just get a steel personality, could you even call it a personality, from this artificial intelligence. There's no pizzazz, there's no relationship building, there's no you know little jokes here and there, there's none of that. And do you? then you end up with robotic students. You end up with students that are all the same. Yeah. So one of the skills in teaching as well is being able to adapt how you respond to certain students so you know one of the things that you look out for is everyone else says okay active listening I want to see how you're listening but every student listens differently so you're scanning the room and you're saying okay I know that student is listening to me but they might be fidgeting they might not be making eye contact that's fine I know they're listening I know they're focused on me and I know that's what they need to do whereas if you put a robot in front of them it's not going to be able to detect that it can't detect emotion it can't know your students the way you know them so it was robots are never going to steal our jobs okay this is not going to happen it can't possibly happen and jump cut to 20 years when they've totally stolen all the jobs <laughs> i'm sitting in my home because in my house because i don't have a job anymore because there's a robot there so i think if you put like an umbrella term over all that it's relationships isn't it yeah absolutely so relationships are so key for teaching if you don't build good relationships in your class every teacher knows this you're never going to get those kids on side. They're never going to want to learn from you. Yeah, they might complete their tasks they might work hard whatever but if you're going to get the best out of your students 
you really want good relationships. Mm-hmm. Sitting them in front of a Chromebook all day, sitting them in front of an iPad all day, sitting them in front of Google all day or artificial intelligence, you're never going to get the same level of no. output from them. And that human connection as a teacher is so important for me. It's one of the best things about being a teacher, in my yeah. opinion, because you can build those relationships with your class and class on class, like year on year, you get different relationships. So currently I can have such a laugh and a joke with my class yeah. and then they get back down to their work. And that might not be the same every year, but that's just the group of students I've got. And I think that's so valuable. And anyone that's worried that artificial intelligence is going to steal their job or, <laughs> fine. you know, like it's Terminator or something, they're going to come and take over the world. Okay, maybe that's going to happen. I don't know. But <laughs> no. not in teaching. It's just no. there's too much relationship. There, it's too much of an emotional job as yeah. well for us and for the students. Totally. Because they can shift how we're feeling as well. It's just never, like you said, relationships are the heart of everything. You hear that. It's constantly what you hear. But true, true relationships are at the heart of everything we do. Exactly. And, and that got you're so never cheesy, get but that. it's like... Yeah, <laughs> you're never going to get that from a little robot. Exactly. <laughs> okay, switching up tones slightly. If you had to get rid of one single piece of technology from schools forever, like you never had to see it ever again, what would that one piece of technology be? Hmm. Is it something that I don't like using or something the students don't like using? Because that's two different things. Okay, give me both. I think the ones that I don't like using, though, are more my confidence levels rather than it being something that isn't useful. So, for example, like... Okay, wait. The, Say the first thing that pops into your head. What would you get rid of? Go. I hate digital art stuff. I'm so <laughs> bad at it. I... Okay, I should use my growth mindset. I'm not good at it yet. I, I've been trying, okay? I've been trying my whole life. I really do try. But the students are so good at it. See, if I give them a design challenge on Canva and I say, go and design something. And so we were doing, um, you had posted a hydration drink and I sort of pinched your idea. And we were doing healthy eating. So we made a healthy drink and we did all the learning behind it. And then their design brief was to go and design their own healthy drink. And then they had to make a... Digital, digital art poster and then they also had to make uh, an advertising video and I made one as an example and it was truly awful it was <laughs> terrible but they're all they're all saying to me oh that looks so good that's brilliant no it wasn't you don't need to lie to me but theirs were fantastic so I, I know it is such a good skill for them and I know it's a skill that they need and I know it's a skill that in the future is going to be really important for them and I can see some of them going into that in the future and that being something they do for a living but for my skill set it's just because I don't have confidence in it okay and teaching it I think it's a good one though to give them and run with it so I feel bad saying I'd get rid of it I'd only get rid of it if I have to okay teach every aspect of it and what's the thing you would get rid of for the students what would they get rid of for the students I'd have to get rid of you know those programs that are they're quite outdated now there's a lot of I think you know, programs that are designed to be helpful that are isolated programs. So, for example, you might have like a maths one or a spelling one or a writing one that when they came out 10 years ago, they were really useful. Okay. But now those things are integrated into other right. more sort of bog standard things. For example, word processing. Yeah. I spoke about dictation features earlier. 10 years ago, there was apps that were f- focused on dictation and that was it. 
that's what they did. And they were focused on supporting dyslexic learners and that's what they did. But now that's integrated into, I don't know if Google have it, but I know that Microsoft have it integrated into everything they use. Mm -hmm. And I absolutely love that. Immersive Reader is a game changer, but it then takes away the streamlined sort of easiness of it if you have to log into a whole separate app for it. I think that's kind of had its time. It's probably on its way out anyway, but I don't see the need to have 44 different apps when you could condense that to like five that do the same thing. And it's like the Chrome, uh, not the Chromebook, it's like the QR code scanners. Remember, everyone used to have the app on their phone for your QR, but now it's just in your camera. It's the exact same thing. And I love how much you were like sweating, trying not to like name certain apps there. (laughs) And like how pressured you were. I didn't say anything. Okay, so for me, my one that I would get rid of for probably students and teachers is laptops. Oh, yeah. Sorry, laptops. And I would replace them for early years and maybe for the first couple of years of high school with Chromebooks. And then I would go more robust for like upper high school for your coding and all that, for your proper computing, like get a desktop, yeah. get something that's got good processing on it, but laptops are so brittle. It depends which ones you're using though, I suppose. Oh, totally. It depends which ones you're using. But any experience I've had in teaching with laptops has been pretty savage. But Chromebooks are, I think, the way forward. They're so quick. They're just on. They've got that, like, flash drive. They've got kind of no hard drive. They just go. And it's, like, brilliant. I love Chromebooks. I'm a big fan. So that's the one I would get rid of. If you, Yeah. If you had the one, we've spoken about devices and such, but if you had one, you could only use one app or website, that side of technology, what are you going for? If you had to just keep one. Okay, so if I was giving advice to a teacher, if I had to keep one, you've already mentioned it, uh, but I'll mention it again, and this is not sponsored in any way, but if you want to, I don't know, maybe. You know where we are. (laughs) (laughs) You can find us on all social medias. If I had one to keep for teachers and for the benefit of students, it would be CuriePod. And the reason for that is, and if any teacher is listening to this, you have to go and try this out. It's C-U-R-I pod. You have to go and try this because basically it can make slides, but that's like the, the basic version of it and it's totally free. You can go on and make your slides, but you can edit your slides. And those slides then come with, like it makes a word shake or it makes like a word cloud or it makes a quiz or it just gives you all these options within your slide. It gives you a starter, it gives you a plenary, it gives you everything and your students can go on and interact with it as well. It's instant data as well. Instant data, yeah, I forgot to say. So if you go on, you can then check all their answers and all their feedback, how many times they voted on something, how quickly they answered. You usually forget that stuff in your class. Like if they put their thumb up or if they put their hand up or something, you take a quick and you're like, okay, yeah, I kind of understand if everyone's on track, but then you forget the next day or you don't get the full amount of data. So that is like perfect data. That is the one thing. If I had to give a piece of advice to a teacher, I would give that piece of advice. Go and what? Go and try out CuriePod. Yeah, give it a try. Don't yeah. overwhelm yourself. The same as we're getting rid of the forty-four apps, yeah. and we're condensing it to six. Don't overwhelm yourself trying to find. I think when there's a trend with something as well, like you know, you see it with everything. There's a trend in something, and all of a sudden there are hundreds of options. Yeah. And if I was a new teacher now, I think I would be watching social media and I'd be watching these conversations and these debates and going, oh my days, there are thousands of websites I keep seeing pop up. I don't know which ones to go on. There's hundreds of AI things that I keep seeing and I want to use them all because I want to try and be on the trends. I want to try and be with the times. 
do not try and stress yourself out with it. Yourself. The same as we're yeah, we're not using the forty four apps. We're not using seventy seven different AI websites because we just need to try them. You find one or two that work for you, and I think you're right. CuriePod is a really great one. You find what works for you, and I'm not saying stick with it forever. You got to kind of move on when you need to move on, but you don't need to have everything. You do not. Not everything needs to be technology based and used. So don't overwhelm yourselves with it. Yeah. So. I think we've discussed kind of technology today and technology and education is always changing. It's like an ever changing, like kind of beast, isn't it? It just grows and grows and grows and people jump on these trends and they move with the times and then something gets discarded and a new technology comes out. And I think our message would be, and our kind of helpful hint to a teacher, I suppose, would be that you have to use it sparingly. You have to go at your pace, try stuff out, give it a go and see if you can use it and if it advantages your class. If it's a disadvantage disadvantage, and it's holding back your students or it's taking too much time. Not even a disadvantage, even if it's just not making things better. Exactly, yeah. Like I think you should cut back and just try one or two things out, Yeah. like artificial intelligence or like your Chromebooks or like your iPads, and just go slow. Like If it's your first time using technology in the classroom, just go slow. Just try one or two things out and see how you get on and how comfortable you feel. Ask some of the teachers in your school. I don't know, ask for advice, go online and see a couple of, um, maybe look at a couple of videos and things. But go slow and use it sparingly would be my advice. And the students will probably surprise you with their level of skill as well. Like me with my digital art, if you're worried (laughs) about coding. Coding's always the one you get. People are like really nervous to try coding. But the, the resources out there for coding are designed to be child-friendly and honestly they blow my mind with yeah. the stuff they can do on the coding um, sites. Yeah, so like Laura on our digital art, you've got to grow your own growth mindset, you've got to be confident <laughs> out there. and uh, Check me yeah. be a graphic designer next time. <laughs> Watch me change, turn my life around. <laughs> Thanks for listening to our first ever recording of our podcast Inside Voices. You can find us on all social media and keep an eye out for our next release. And remember, in here, we use our inside voices.